welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this, the first of our two festive We're Drunk and We Know Things. In this case, <laughs> it's our second bite at the cherry. No. This is the do we do this? Yeah, Are we no. going to be meta? No, let's definitely do it. So, we tried to record this one earlier. And Two days failed. earlier. <laughs> uh, so, we are now in JB's. We are. Re-recording, for the first time ever in the history of We're Drunk We Know Things, an entire episode. <laughs> because we got an hour and a half in and realised that we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> no. It just goes to prove, don't drink wine and then try and do a podcast. <laughs> there is a limit to how drunk we can be and still yeah. know things in any coherent fashion. Wine drunk is very different from beer drunk and we proved that very conclusively on Friday. <laughs> so, a uh, fan to the show will remember that two years ago we made a similar error when we decided that we would do a Star Wars movie. Yes. And got into a bit of a Barney. Yes. Which, by the way, has persisted <laughs> we over the past We literally were just talking years. about it outside a minute ago. <laughs> um, this year we're doing something in a similar vein. Yep. And prior to a completely failed first attempt at recording this sure. episode, I would have said it's going to go totally differently. Uh, it At least would we agree the, about this one. <laughs> the Star Wars curse is alive and well. Oh, boy. Is you might be getting excited <laughs> and think that we got some kind of early access to Rise of Skywalker. Sure. You're going to be very, very disappointed because this <laughs> month on We're Drunk We Know Things, it's an absolute turkey. <laughs> I thought you were going to say turd. <laughs> it's also an absolute turd. This month, Star Wars... The Holiday Special. That's what I do. I drink. And I know things. So the Holiday Special. Oh boy! Oh man! <laughs> right, let's start with oh, when was it made it was and made, why? It was made in 1978. <laughs> um, it is technically so. Is that a year? That, is that the se- the festival season after? Yes, Star after Wars. Star Wars, indeed. In two years. Don't forget there were three year gaps. So all those people that got really upset, they had to wait for a year for Endgame. Imagine finding out Darth Vader was his dad at the end of Return of the Jedi, and then having to wait three at the end of years Empire. end of Empire. I do that every time. But don't start that again. I do it every time. <laughs> so bad. I'm not even going to retake it. Let's just keep moving forward. Um, but yeah, so they had to wait three years for Empire. Um, but what they did get a year later was this crock of shit. <laughs> so, uh, bear in mind, it's 19, uh, the late 70s. Mm-hmm. There is a massive thing in American TV, which yeah. is the... I'm guessing it's Christmas. So the, well, it's, or... well, it actually came out the week bef- the five days before um, Thanksgiving. Okay, so either way, the festive period in the yeah. US, and they have this massive thing where they, they will do variety huge variety shows, yeah. music, singing, dancing, yeah. acts. It's just something to watch. Popular, to be it's, it's 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 what I remember the um, Royal Variety performance. I do. Is that still a thing? Yes, it is. So I watch that every single. Although year the royals with my that now attend are kind of getting less and less. It's like that. L- it the, used to be you did like it before the queen. That princess and the um, guy, the princess and the rugby player she's married to, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, or their butler just shows <laughs> up. His, his, his name. His name is just Steve Royal. <laughs> We've got a royal in. Hello, I'm a carpenter. His name's actually Steve <laughs> Williamson, but he smokes royals. <laughs> right. Anyway. Anyway. This is definitely good. We should definitely go be going off on tangents this soon. It's fine. We can bring it back in nice because and tight. Nice this and is tight. not what happened last time, Rob. <laughs> Stay on so, target. Stay on target. 
So yeah, so technically it is the second entry in Star Wars canon. It was watched by 13 million people, which was a heck of a lot of people in 1978 watching CBS or whoever their local provider was. Um, and um, it was an unmitigated disaster from, every, from everyone's reports. It was watched by everyone in the whole world because, you know, Star, Star Wars. Wars. Um, it cost them a million dollars to make. Ooh, yeah. and you can see it. And it's all up there. I mean, there. you can see every Ooh, cent. It's all up there. Keep in mind, Star Wars only cost $50,000 to make. Nope, trying to get you that you didn't buy that one. That's good. Good for you. You passed what? the first test. 50 grand? <laughs> 50 grand for Star Wars, yeah. I've, um, I've seen the behind-the-scenes shots of all the model work. That cost at least <laughs> yeah, £250,000 no, in yeah, no, 1970s money. George Lucas has famously said, if I had the time and a sledgehammer, I would track every copy of that showdown and smash it. And frankly, at the moment, I think he's got the time and he could definitely afford a sledgehammer. Yeah, unfortunately, as I'm sure we'll come on to, something happened that rendered his grand evil master plan to wipe this from the face of the planet well, somewhat yeah. impractical. <laughs> the invention of VHS, unfortunately. Uh, well, also, the invention of the internet. Well, yeah, that didn't It is now either. out there. Uh, we will come to it a little bit later, but he um, he actually bought all the masters off CBS yep. to try and control it, and um, yeah, shockingly no. So it was the brainchild of Charles Lippincott, Charles. who was the head of marketing for the Star Wars Corporation. So very soon after Star Wars uh, was released, and they realised, oh dear God, we need to control all this merchandising, all of this X, Y, and Z, all of this stuff. We need to form a corporation just to manage that side of it. And that included TV rights, film rights, all that, kind of, sorry, yeah, cartoon rights, that kind of stuff. All, all that offshoot kind of business. So, George Lucas essentially gave them, not essentially, he um, originally imagined, he wanted to do a spin-off movie originally about Wookiees centred on the Chewbacca family. Um, in fact, the original idea for a framing, a framing story for A New Hope would be a Wookiee child being told a story by... I was say like, it's Wookiee parents. Seems like too many Wookiees. So which is also the problem of this. <laughs> that's that's the Princess Bride. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but but Wookiees. Little, little Lumpy is sick in bed. Yeah, and absolutely. Itchy yeah. has to tell him a tale. Told the story of the fall of the Empire and stuff. I kind of like it, but it's definitely superfluous. <laughs> but it would be just a better, be that. better Wookiee it would stuff just be than that. the entirety of the. Yeah, it would. <laughs> they wouldn't do subtitles because no, damn you. Um, so basically, uh, Lucasfilm gave them a little Bible. This is what the Wookiees should look like. This, this is, is what their culture is like. This is the Star Wars universe. Yeah, this is Star Wars universe because nobody involved had pretty much hadn't even seen Star Wars, let alone actually, you know. No, because like, they were all TV show production yeah, specialists. Yeah, absolutely. Very good at doing variety performances and the like. Yeah, so they're all big variety guys. So like, um, one of the main hires is Bruce Valanche, Valanche, who is uh, he wrote Bra uh, a Brady Bunch Variety Hour, who was a classmate of George Lucas. Uh, um, uh, university at film school um, and he but he is a variety TV writer he wrote for the Carol, Carol Burnett show which was like a sketch and variety show which is why all the people in this holiday special that is presumably made for children are like television and Broadway actors from the 50s yeah because they're like do you want to do this thing we haven't really got any money you want to be on TV don't you and they do so we recognise Harvey Corman from Blazing Saddles but I'm not 10 in 1978 and I've just watched Star Wars. They, they don't know who Harvey Corman is. They don't go, oh, it's B. Arthur. She'll be in Golden Girls one day. <laughs> well, I mean, they definitely weren't going to say that. <laughs> Unless they were creator of Golden Girls. 
Um, so Volantia was concerned about the show being focused on grunting characters and worried that, as he put it, it would become one long episode of Lassie. <laughs> Bruce Volantia's uh, recorded an interview as saying, the only sound they make is like fat people having an orgasm. In fact, I told George he could just leave a tape recorder in my bedroom and I'd happy, uh, happy to do all the looping and foley work for him. Bruce Valanche is a very large gentleman, but, but, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's really beloved. Apparently, he does a chewy growl whenever he hits the spot. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I'm not yeah. going to lie, that would be something. Yeah, I mean, it'd get a laugh, which is what you want in bed. <laughs> well, I'm guessing if you're a big fat guy and you've just, you know, made it, uh, the odds are good that your I believe the term is not. nutted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> So there were, You're never going to be able to see that in the same light uh, again. I, um, there, were, there were two directors. The first was Dave Acoma, uh, David Acoma, um, who was a friend, again, another friend of Lucas from USC Film School, um, who was very unfamiliar with using a multi-camera setup. Uh, in fact, had never, not by unfamiliar, I mean he'd never directed a multi-camera setup before. So, so put him in charge. Yeah. Of course. Friend of Lucas got the job. You what remember George he, Lucas? What did he previously direct? No, he, he didn't actually direct anything. He, was, he fell out with the producers very, very quickly. Um, well, he felt he was disconnected from the producers. Well, probably because he had more than one camera. <laughs> terrible, he was terrible. I mean, seriously, how do you go to film school and not know how a multi-camera setup works? You've seen Star Wars, though, right? <laughs> I mean, George Lucas is not the best film director. <laughs> yeah, but even he had, like, three. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, indeed. But he's, he was a friend of George Lucas's. That's literally how he got the job. You're spotting a theme here, George Lucas, who yeah, had nothing yeah, yeah, to do yeah, with right, this. Yeah, yeah, all right, come on. <laughs> um, he was replaced with Steve Binder who directed the 1968 comeback special, the Elvis comeback special. Yeah, and he which is, is truly amazing. very familiar yeah, he, I with mean, which is full multi-camera, to the point that I'm pretty sure that if you count the shots in mm. Chewie's family home, yep. that was probably a six to eight camera setup. You think it was that statically. many? Statically, yeah. Wow. Look at, the, look at the shots in the basement in the cooking scene, and yeah, either yeah. they were cutting a lot and rearranging, or they just went, stuff it, we're only looking well, this we're, way. We're about to come to why they couldn't, actually, because Stan Winston, Stan Winston uh, I shouldn't blow over that, Stan Winston designed the Wookiee costumes. Yes. Um, but the Wookiee's suits were way cheaper, which is why Chewbacca never gets too close to his family, because then you tell the difference between the, Wookie, the, the, the Hollywood suit and the TV suit. Oh, I think, I think we can tell the difference anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Lucky is, uh, Lumpy is, some, is a terrifying nightmare. I love it, and he is a terrifying nightmare. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they could only work for 20 minutes because they were so hot. Uh, they need to either do dehydrated, or in some of the cases, in the case of Marla, um, he couldn't breathe. Sorry, it's a male actor playing Marla, yep. and a female actor playing, playing Lumpy. Lumpy. Um, and a male actor playing Itchy. And a, a male pervert playing Itchy. <laughs> a male pervert playing Itchy. Um, but they had to have oxygen tanks on set because they were, like, passing out. I mean, what is it with these people? <laughs> I mean, we did the Dark Crystal where they had to physically hang, hang. them up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now we've got, oh no, you need the, oh, sorry, we need an O2 break it's for like the, the cast. the most thankless job. Oh, you're just a stunt performer in a suit? Well, guess what? You're about to have, like, we're about to totally wreck your back for the rest of your life. Like, yeah, it's insane. Insane. So, um, talking to Marla, her voice was based, based on black bears, recorded black bears, and Itchy's was um, based on grizzlies. Lumpy's, I guess, was they kicked a cat into a dustbin, and that's the nails. I think it was actually a fat teenager having an orgasm. Oh God! It was just a younger. Okay, yeah. no, yeah, it was the seventies. You could record a teenager masturbating with no problems then. Just ask Roman Polanski. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> one of the we're also not going to go on to the last thing that stopped uh, stop just doing the other one, which is me being on a soapbox about something. It's fine. We're I not think doing we're that all either. aware. <laughs> anyway, uh, one of the noises, which is a lion eating a cow's head, was actually then reused later in the film Alien. Nice. Yeah. I think also in keeping with every Star Wars movie, uh, this one does contain the scream. It does, Wilhelm scream. Yeah, when um, Han kills that guy. Yep. Totally kills so that guy. So sound production, they're consistent, if nothing yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and really, that's my setup before we get into the meat of it, which is the bantha meat of it. <laughs> the bantha meat of it, which is whip, the plot stuff. <laughs> oh God, help me! <laughs> so on that note, that brings us. To the plot summary. Now we're going to do this a little bit differently uh, this time around because if we did the plot summary and then went back and talked about all of the things we want to talk about from the plot summary, this would be two hours. Well, it's already two and a half hours long. (laughs) Technically, Um, yeah. We've already got an hour in the can. So we're basically going to run through the plot. We're going to pick out elements as we go. And And we're going to try and keep it moving. Laugh at the bits. Laugh at the bits. Uh, So, so, (laughs) depending on which copy you have, I mean, my copy of this absolute trash can of television <laughs> begins with a massive advert for all of the crappy Kenner I toys. Say the I quite like this. Oh. <laughs> but I like bad TV, you know me. But anyway, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about it in recommendations. It has moments. Yeah. Uh, anyway. But though, I um, watched the same version, I believe, as you, uh, because you we had may to. have watched my I copy. watched your version. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's the Kenner toys, right? Which is nice. Yeah. Anthony Daniels does a great job of shilling shit. Now, is there an advert, and I do forget this, is there an advert for the Boba Fett toy? I uh, don't remember. Because there was a release, Kenner released a Boba Fett toy after the holiday special, based no, on the cartoon. No, the only two ads I remember in. are this one and General Motors in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, all yeah, the rest of them might have gotten cut from the copy I've got. So there, anyway. were two, um, there were actually two um, Boba Fett toys. There's the original Boba Fett toy with the cartoon costume, and then there's a Boba Fett toy from Empire. Uh, with that costume, um, which is just nerdy Star Wars stuff that I wanted to get out of the way. Oh, They're in God. space. Han and Chewie. Han and Chewie in the Millennium ship. Falcon. Han is under the influence of Quaaludes or something. I don't, honestly, I don't get that. Come on. No, Harry Future good. has to hold on to the side of the desk. Look, I get that. <laughs> um, I just think Han Solo, is, I just think Harrison Ford is checked out. Yeah. I don't think he's necessarily high. I mean, he is a prolific stoner that's very famous. He is. Right, so anyway, anyway, uh, Chewie, you can't tell. No, sure. He's like got dilated pupils. They had to paint them on. That's how that (laughs) was. I know. uh, So they they set up Life Day, which is, don't worry, buddy. I'll get you home for Life Day. You're like family to me. And then they're like, oh, and then they kiss. No, they don't kiss. Right, so meanwhile, they are blasting out of orbit from a planet chased by three Star Destroyers? I believe so. And they're about to go to hyperdrive. Um, Which is pretty much how they get away from Star Destroyers. Yep. Which also have hyperdrives, not, but anyway. Not, yeah, but they can't, you can't track, can't track them in hyperdrive. Yeah. Um, not, not entirely sure seven. why this is a thing. Eight. Anyway, uh, anyway, I also assume that that is unused stock footage from the original so Star Wars anything, film. anything showing the ships flying around isn't unused stock footage, it's just, it's just footage from the film. That's not, okay, fine, but there's a couple of frames in there, that, uh, that opening sequence, and we'll right. do this all the way through, there's a couple mm. of shots that you're like, oh, that's blatantly from here. There yeah, are a couple yeah, yeah. that I think may have been unused. Oh, they might, so might, I don't well, remember seeing I mean, they that would have framing. had access to it, so they, yeah. Anyway, so they're leaving Tatooine, chased by Star Destroyers. They go to hyperdrive. Meanwhile... Mala is uh, on we cut, Kajik. We cut to Kajik. Which they call Kazook in this. Oh, God. <laughs> 
This to- is the forest home <laughs> of the of Wookiees. The Chewbacca family. And the, specifically the Chewbacca family, consisting of... Marla, Itchy and Lumpy. Itchy, and Chewie's dad. Itchy's Marla Chewie's dad. is Chewie's wife. No, yeah, or yeah, squeeze. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Lumpy is the son. Well, Their full names you are assume At- Chewie's son. Atichitkuk is his dad. His wife is Malatobuk. And his son is Lumpawarump. So it's Itchy, Lumpy and Marla for the rest of this because that was painful. Sorry, Wookiees listening, that I've butchered your language. And as a way of an apology, I can't do Wookiee. He did the face. (laughs) He did the face. So yeah, so he, um, she scans for ships. In the night sky. Well, basically, and she can't most, find well, hang on, well, the most important thing is, firstly, she doesn't scan for ships. You get a beautiful domestic scene of a Wookiee family speaking Wookiee with no subtitles. For like 20 minutes. This is <laughs> legit 20 minutes long. Yeah, it's so good. And Lumpy wants to play. Oh, but, so they watch the acrobats? Um, the hang on, no, no, but, you know, um, Marla's busy and worried and Itchy's old and has a boner. Uh, and he's and got like that play. weird gurney lip. Um, but all of this is Wookiee growling. Yeah. All of it. But they like live in a treehouse based on Ralph Macquarie drawings, apparently. Why not just use a Ralph Macquarie drawing considering you use what looks to be drawn in crayon by a toddler otherwise? Yeah. Um, and they also live in just a human house. It's a normal it's house. It's, it's got like a, a human's house. It looks like a 70s open plan. Got an oven. Yeah, it's got, it's got, it's got a lime green plan. carpet. Yeah. It's got bucket chairs. Yeah. It's got like a picture of a black lady with an afro in the background. You know, 70s, 70s houses. Don't remember that, but yeah, all right. Uh, you get the feeling that if you go into the bathroom, it will have a chandelier. 100%. It's pronounced chandelier. Um, and Marla, um, because she's like, oh, I've done enough growling, um, she phones Luke. Hang on. She scans for ships. There are no yes. ships in the vicinity. No, there aren't any. And then she phones Luke Skywalker yeah. and R2. Uh. Luke is wearing... All of the eye makeup that they could all find. All of the makeup. All of the makeup. Oh, he looks like a little girl. Yeah. It's very upsetting. He looks way younger than he does in New Hope. Uh, apparently, at this point, he was meant to sing a song, and Mark Hamill was like, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> no way. That is not no happening. Way. No I'm way. I'm already... Um, R2-D2 is the only person billed as himself, uh, because um, Kenny Baker was like, nah. I don't want to be in this. So it's a remote control, basically a dustbin with bits on the top. They don't even use a movie one, apparently. Um, So he's like, Marla's like, "Eh, where's Chewie? And Mark's like, I don't know. And they're like, oh, okay then. Thanks for being in the special. They left some time. (laughs) Um, I'm going to do some light comic relief fixing this engine that keeps... Like blowing firing up. out steam or something. Um, and, and you know Chewie, he then, always makes it Most home. importantly, I'm going to ask a Wookiee to smile. Oh yeah, give me a smile. And that is is that like that same thing of like that thing of guys saying to women, oh, you know you'd be prettier if you smiled. Really? I don't think it is, but it just... <laughs> a Wookiee smiling is terrifying. Yeah, it really is. All you did is smile under a mask and a mouth didn't move anyway. It's like Planet of the Apes shit at this yeah, point. Bad. But anyway... So they decide that actually they're perfectly happy with the fact that, you know, two of their best friends <laughs> are completely lost in a massive space battle. Yeah, Luke potentially is very somewhere. unconcerned. Uh, yeah. But he goes back to fixing his engine. He does. Goes back to fixing his X-Wing. Um, so Marla, um, after hanging up phone, Sawndan, or Trader Dan, as I kept calling him in our previous unreleased well, we episode. Trader Dan. I don't know why I was calling him Trader Dan. I was reading my notes today and was like, why do they make up a new name for this guy? That is how bad it was. <laughs> anyway, um, now he we, is we're talking actually to introduced a, to him in a classic TV cutaway, a classic like bit. Comic Relief. 
Yeah. Because he gets a member of the Empire. Yeah. Um, yep. And he's selling him a tiny aquarium. Trying to. And trying want to. It I don't and he keeps like saying, fish. look at these trinkets that I sell to these stupid Wookiees. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then he and gives Marla he... a super good coded message. Uh, well, he does, but not before he has sold the... Oh, no, that's after. Sorry, you're right. Yeah. So he gives her a super good coded message and says, that shaggy carpet you ordered, <laughs> I suppose you're wondering where it is. Yeah. It's on its way. It will be with you soon. He says four days. He says it will be four days... It was made by a woman who made it by Mike, hand. as you know. Solo. If we are going by the book, <laughs> hours may seem like days. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we've been recording this for days. Oh, wait. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it's been made by a woman by hand, solo. Doesn't wink, but might as well do. Oh. Uh, and Imala's like, cool, four days, but life days today, that's no good to me. Dan, what are you doing to me, bro? Anyway... Uh, Dan then sells the uh, member of the Empire what looks to be a toothbrush come sex toy. <laughs> which he doesn't even sell, he just gives yeah, it to him. He does, just gives it to um, him, he does give it to him. Right, so meanwhile, back now, in Growly McGrowly Town. Yeah, oh yeah, so Marla is now making Life Day dinner, oh, which yeah. they never eat. There was a cooking sequence. <laughs> yeah, and it's by Chef Gourmanda, and this is the first appearance by Harvey Corman, who plays three parts. Three. three parts, which we will, we will work through... And this is a classic, oh a classic take on like the 50s, 60s, 70s meant to be specifically cooking shows. Julia Childs. Yeah, so Julia Childs, all over. Um, and it's about how to cook banter loin, but they don't seem to do any roasting. But they do a hell of a lot of whisk, whisk and beating. And every time they need to do something else to whatever they're making, another arm appears. It's whisk stir, whisk beat. I mean, to yeah. be honest, this one I actually cracked a laugh. Mm. I actually giggled yeah. when because Marla's following along at home doing a fairly bad job. Oh yeah, uh, and, she's just, and well, also I'm not being funny. It's not the a idea that you have a cooking show. Not a hairnet inside. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the idea that you have, it'd just be a, just like a body draped suit. in a mosquito net. Basically. The idea that you have a cooking show where the host yeah. has four arms yeah. and just randomly uses all four to do simultaneous yeah. things yeah. is brilliant. Yeah, um, it did make me laugh. That yeah. did make me laugh. I must admit. I must admit. Um, it, it, along with everything else in this in this show. That entire bit, whilst funny, is also about 100% too long. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it is definitely four, five, six, six minutes long, definitely, yeah. It is insane. And off the back of that, <coughs> Marla puts the pot in, in the, oven. the oven and just fucks off. And never comes back to it. No. Sorn, Dan Sorn, Trader Dan, whatever the fuck the guy's name is, he arrives with gifts. Now, one of those gifts is for something called the Brain Melter, which is something that Itchy is sitting in, which is a halon, a, a, halon? a salon hairdryer, yeah. fitted with a glass mask on the front as a VR viewing thing. And Trader Dan gives Itchy a, a thing to watch, and he says, oh, you'll have a very happy life day with this. And the reason he says it like that is because it is pornography. <laughs> it is, I've got it twice in my notes. Gives him VR porn to gives VR porn to Itchy. Itchy watches it. It is clearly porn. Yeah, she does like um, I am your fantasy. Oh, I can feel your fantasy becoming. Oh, I am becoming as well. Like okay, guys, this is too much. One of the producers just said, Oh no, we just tried to get softcore porn in. Yeah, I believe that is what Andy Daly, who uh, plays comedy characters on various podcasts, would call a little something for daddy. <laughs> it is. 
It works. I and watched to be it with honest, my wife and it made me uncomfortable. All of the dads <laughs> who were sat there with their kids watching this yeah. perked up and briefly thought, and do said, I need to cover his ears? Tommy, you can't sit on daddy's lap for a minute. No reason. <laughs> it is... It is disturbing. And, and it, then and immediately frankly, popped out of the room to beat, beat, whisk, whisk and stir. <laughs> no, it, um, it is the only part that every time I've watched this, I've gotten about a third of the way into the song and gone like, you know, on, a, on Apple TV, it's pl- plus 10 seconds, plus 10 seconds, plus 10 seconds, plus 10 seconds, no. plus 10 seconds, plus 10 seconds. You've got to watch it all. No, you fucking don't. <laughs> it was, so off the back yeah. of this, oh, cool, blimey. Now we're back to Han and Chewie. Uh, no, we're not. Oh, briefly we are. We are, because they've got a land. Well, no, they have somehow <laughs> the managed to come out of hyperdrive sure. in the middle of a ton of TIE fighters. Yeah, Which yeah. means you get reused, again, some spare, but mostly shot-for-shot shot footage from <laughs> yeah. the battle with the TIE fighters yeah, at yeah. the end of Star Wars. So Han says, there's too much Imperial traffic by where you live. I'm going to land on the north side of the planet. Which would be like saying, we can't land in Jersey, I'd better land in China. <laughs> well, you say that, we don't know how big this planet is. But, uh, this, is this is something that we did, we, did, we, did, we did talk about last time, which is... Um, the, I love the way that planets are designed in Star Wars. Like, it's a nice planet. It's not ice at the top, like, it's not like Earth. It's like, there's a nice planet. There's a desert planet. They've got one landmass, <laughs> and that is it. They've got one biome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so good. It's so, it's so simple. The other thing I do like is that it's, generally speaking, even small planets or planetoids or satellites, mm. still quite big. And you want to walk <laughs> yeah. around the moon, it's going to take you a couple exactly. of weeks. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, but no, they're always like, ah, oh, we're just going to land here and, I'll oh, put it down there. look, we've accidentally stumbled onto everything interesting on this planet. And, yeah, and that's what they're, they're always looking for something and it's always just there when they land. Well, I'm we need to find this temple, and then they land, and they're like, "Oh look, there's that temple." <laughs> yeah, it could be behind them, and then they just spend yeah, the entire time. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. anyway, they land on the north side of the planet. They do. Uh, we missed a bit. No, because because they've said about landing, they're going to land on the north side of the planet, but we don't see them land. Lumpy, he's a ship. Hang on, no, we missed a bit. Oh. We have missed the vid call to Leia. We only bloody have. I'm so sorry. So, off the back of... And I can't remember if it's before sure the softball Sure is lucky this isn't the second time we're doing it, so the, I've got my shit right. together this no, time. Good. Um, uh, oh, come on, last time we were all over the place. I was like, and then it turns out Darth Vader's his father. I was like, two movies on, dude. Yeah, wait, what? So, yeah, so they phoned Princess so Leia. So, Kylo Ren... <laughs> For a second, I was like, wait, what? They phoned Princess Leia, who yeah. is, of course, with uh, C-3PO. C-3PO. Yeah, of course. Uh, and... She is high as balls. <laughs> when she walks around that table, she like puts a lot of. Listen, you know how I feel about Carrie Fisher, but when she and she's the first person to say she was high as balls in that taste, she like has to put so much weight on that table as she walks around it. It is, it is very good. And yeah, they get into a round and round, uh, and then despite the fact that she stood next to an interpreter droid who well, understands three million languages, she literally says to a family full of Wookiees yeah. in their own home, yeah. "Hi, can I speak to the human, please?" Is your mummy and daddy there? <laughs> Bloody, oh. it's like ridiculous. Yeah. So trade, trade it down. Yeah, trade it uh, down. That's sticking, by the way. Um, <laughs> that's. Uh, <laughs> It's so bad. Yeah. It really is so he explains the situation. Softcore yeah. porn, and then they land. Lumpy hears the sound of the Falcon going overhead. No, and he hears then, the sound of a ship. Whether it's the Falcon or not, it's the Falcon. is unconfirmed. 
But they land on the north side of the planet. But they still fly over it. There's a shot of them flying over the tree. But if you can fly over it, why don't they just land there? Well, maybe the north side of the planet is just round the corner from where they live. <laughs> the Wookiee planet is like three houses. Yeah. There's like the Chewbacca family, the Trader guy, the Trader guy, and the like the Smith family, and those are the three. Those are the two Wookiee families. No, I mean, come on. There's going to be the Bernsteins around the back. <laughs> we don't talk to them. Why? No reason. <laughs> Very anti-Semitic, the Wookiees. Um, so yeah, and it's definitely the Falcon because you can hear it. It's the one thing sure. you know what the Millennium Falcon yeah, sounds like. Yeah, of course. Like, no, that's fine. And it that's sounds fine. like that. No, fair. They then. Lumpy, not quite understanding the concept of time and distance, then immediately rushes to the door. Yeah. And lo and behold, there's two stormtroopers and and three stormtroopers and an Imperial officer. And they walk into a bar and they say, (laughs) yeah. And the bomb says, why are the long faces? So they stomp around and look for Chewie and they say, no, I know what you said. (laughs) No, actually, Trader Dan makes that joke. When he Later comes on, in, he says, when he first comes in, why are the long hairy faces? Oh, you, you uh, triggered something in my memory. Thanks. <laughs> you made me remember more of this. So the stormtroopers and the uh, Imperial officer stomp around and say, this dwelling is meant to have uh, four Wookiees. Four Wookiees. Uh, Where's the male Wookiee? We're looking for Chewbacca. Um, and they're like, Dan mm-hmm. tries to explain it. Because the Wookiees only speak Wookie. So he distracts them with various trinkets, and then that's where we get the hologram of Jefferson Starship. Uh, Light the sky on fire. God help me. I actually really like this song. I I Kami was like, you can skip this one too. And I was like, no, I'm enjoying it. There's Um, nothing porny about Jefferson Starship. (laughs) All the... the, all the instruments are wrapped in that flash paper, so they, they flare like lightsabers, but it looks cheap as shit. I mean, I know we're watching a VHS recording, which is probably a copy of a VHS recording that was It's a VHS on... recording of something that was shot on TV studio cameras. Yeah. That was put on LimeWire once and upon a time that oh, we finally God. ended up with now, yeah. I think I've actually got one of the better quality copies, but anyway, we'll come on to that. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. So Jefferson Starship do their thing and have zero effect on the flow of the narrative. <laughs> it's really the entire bad. musical bit, it's really nothing bad. changes because yeah. literally they stop and they go, oh, I guess we'd better get back to searching then. And then just crack <laughs> yeah, on. Then, yeah. So the head officer then says to Marla, keep Lumpy busy because we need to go and search his room. So and they show him. Then we get the only good thing yeah. in this entire, entire bit. Which is bad because when I was thinking about it earlier today, like on its own, it's bad too. <laughs> it is. It's, it's pretty cool. I like the animation style, but this story is dumb. All right. So, <laughs> in this case, we're talking about the yeah. cartoon, yeah. which, again, we talked about this last time, but perversely, he has a cartoon of his dad's exploits being a rebel. Yeah, so it's, it's, meant, to be, it's meant to be an in, in-universe flashback. So they're animating the rebel exploits as rebel propaganda? Are we reading too much into it? I think that's the only viable explanation, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. I think we're just reading too much into it, because I think they wanted to sell Boba Fett toys and then made a, made a cartoon. It does, however, introduce Boba Fett um, wearing the Boba full... Boba Fett, as they call him. Oh, Boba. Yeah. Um, because he's shit Korean tea. <laughs> yeah. That was the, your gag the last time we tried recording this. No, you're very welcome to it. It's um, but yeah, so... Um, Bubble Fett. <laughs> yeah, so basically, they, are, they land on a planet looking for something. 
and then they um, I think they land on the because they're hiding and then they find something else anyway it's a whole anyway. big thing and then Boba Fett like, he's like I'm your friend friend and you can tell he's their friend he, because at the end of every sentence he friend. says friend all the time and then it turns out that he's working for Darth Vader dum 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 featuring the voice of James Earl Jones it's all the real cast um, the animation is uh, well I'll just get into that a little bit it's made by Nirvana Limited who later did the Droids TV series amazing and the Ewoks TV series also amazing um, I found them very very boring when I watched them uh, I, I didn't well, try, not try much, being not, eight not, <laughs> well yeah being eight yeah but, uh, Luke was requested that it was done in the style of Mobius who is a French um, comic book artist very very big in the 70s and 80s very influential on like when they were trying to make um, the Crazy Dune film and every planet was going to be designed by yeah. different artists. Um, he did a, a comic book called The Linkal, which is amazing. It's one of those, so you like heavy metal? Um, the musical genre? No, heavy metal, the, no, sorry, heavy metal, the, um, the French comic book series. Like, I, um, think, I think you might be slightly overestimating just how little I know about comic books. Sure, okay. Well, well he, he was famous and he's good. Okay. I mean, there's good stuff in there. We'll come for back. people we'll, we'll who come, listen to this podcast when we get to the who are also into comic books. When we get to the recommendations, which I guarantee I'm literally, there are a lot. <laughs> when we um, get to the recommendations, I'm literally going to recommend yeah. comics, yeah. But anyway, so he made that. That was great. Um, and uh, it is the most entertaining part. And at the end, he's like, they're like, C-3PO and R2-D2 are like, no, he is a bad guy. And they're like, oh, I guess he is. And so Boba Fett... Stood, stands in a doorway and goes like, good boy, they caught me, and runs and then, away. No, he rocket packs away. He rocket packs away through the roof of the Millennium Falcon. And I think he's out the, on the... Anyway, anyway. yes, why not? Um, <laughs> although the Millennium Falcon does have a hatch that opens on the top. Uh, we know okay. that. We, we do. don't know that now, but we know that in about two years' time. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so... Advantages to this particular bit. Firstly, it means you don't have to listen to Wookiees. True. Secondly, the animation style is the animation it's, style. I quite like it. Yeah, I like it. I like it. It's a decent enough story. They kind of rumble on. There's some good uh, comedic elements. It's actually the only bit, only bit that's and actually you can see ever Boba been. Fett. It's the only bit that's only ever been properly released. Yes. Because on the to- on the complete box set of all the ep- of episodes one to six, there's so a remaster. The Blu-ray, yeah. There's actually a remastered animated version of this, which I guess is a big deal. If you're that guy. But I'd like to watch a remastered well, version of it, to be honest. I mean, remastered otherwise, I think it speaks to the fact that a five-minute cartoon mm. in the middle of this entire thing yeah, yeah, yeah. is the only bit that history has bothered preserving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also introduces Boba Fett, also introduces the concept of the Mandalorian armour. That kind of cool rifle thing he's got, uh, the dual yeah, prong rifle that he uses in the Mandalorian. Which is, I can't remember what that's called. I should, because it was mentioned in episode four of The Mandalorian, which of course I have not seen, given that I live somewhere where you and can't And it was watch in the it. thing I read earlier, but I didn't write it down and put it in my notes. Yeah, so anyway. between us, we're doing a fantastic job. Um, <laughs> and also the rocket pack, which yeah. you'll get from episode three of The Mandalorian. Sure. Anybody sure. who was saving up for The Mandalorian, by the way, spoiler alert. Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry about that. It's got Mandalorian stuff in it. Yeah. No shit. What do you want? <laughs> if a spoiler for the Mandalorian we cut is, back it's got to Mandalorian stuff in it. Cut, we cut back to Lumpy. We do. Who's watched the uh, the cartoon and he's now working to create a translation device. One of the stormtroopers trashed his room. Oh yeah. Sorry. They trash his room. Oh yes. The heartbreaking moment. Of course. Where they've torn his Bantha doll apart. They pull the head off. And he goes upstairs and Which surveys the damage. <laughs> and it's like they build up to it as well. Like they're going to find something. And then they just, it's just like a moment of needless cruelty. Yeah. 
in like, hey, is it a funny variety so thing? He, he goes back to his room, yeah. discovers that everything is completely trashed, trashed, yeah. and um, then uh, starts basically putting his room back together, but also spots that he has a home transmitter well, no, 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 electronics no, 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 no. kit. Let's, let's talk about the most touching, beautiful moment first. Go on. He gets the head and the body of the panther and hugs it, puts it on the bed, covers it up with a blanket, and pats it while the whole time he's like doing his like mewling noise. It's actually quite horrible. It's actually quite horrible. It's so unnecessary. That, for by it the to way, be there. is actually what a fat teenager sounds like when they come. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! <laughs> okay, in a classic. Have you ever heard of the a cure? Piece of <laughs> a total demonstration of how these guys do not understand dramatic pacing. Yeah. We then cut downstairs where they're still searching <laughs> yeah. and get a system-wide video flash and they cut to Tatooine. No. No? First, he's got to watch the video. So Lumpy oh, is trying to create... instruction video first? He does, yeah, I beg your pardon. Does. So he's trying to create a translation device that will fool the Imperials into returning to their base by talking in their commander's voice. He's going to translate... Him being a Wookiee into the voice of He is doing this leader. on something that looks an awful lot like an Akai 670 sampler. That's what I was going to say. Or possibly, you know, computers in the 70s. <laughs> sure, yeah, indeed, yeah. Um, like pre-Apple II kind so of stuff. this is the second appearance of Harvey Corman uh, as a... Um, a malfunctioning uh, android. He's an amorphian android, which I believe is the same type as Lobot. His name is Dromboid. He never says it, but... That's his name. And he builds a thing and does like a weird stuttering talk, weird thing. It's very funny. It feels like anti-humor. It feels like Tim and Eric or something. It yeah. feels really weird. No, this is weird. Like, it, it made it's really me really well done. It made me laugh in a really weird, in a, you know, like in a very modern comedy kind of way. That, yeah. yeah. It was very strange. Very, very and strange. this is, you know, this feeds straight into, if you want to imagine he glitches in much the same way as like Max Headroom. Yes. Very much Max Headroom. Yeah. Very, very much so. Very, very much so. So then, then there is a system-wide video call where martial law is declared. Bear in mind, the system-wide video calls come in, (laughs) accompanied by this noise. (laughs) 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 And a red spiral appears on the TV, and then the commander of the Empire's broadcasting unit, which I guess is the thing. Heinrich Goebbels. (laughs) Uh, They then cut to Tatooine. For a propaganda piece. So it's like it's it's like cops or something, right? And it literally says in the voiceover, watch this so you can be happy that this is not your life or something like you're you're better off than these people or something. Uh, and it's like bad boys, bad boys. Cut to the Mos Eisley Cantina. <laughs> Featuring a cameo, an extended cameo, by Frigrin Dan and the Modal Nodes. Who are, ever- by the way, still playing the same song. <laughs> Play the same song again. It's one of the best jokes in Robot Chicken. I love that. Free Play bird. the same song again. Um, and the bartender there is B. Arthur, who is a Broadway star from the 50s. And um, Harvey Corman again stars as a man who's like a barfly who drinks through his head and yet has a mouth. Um, and he loves her. So they do a bit that's meant to be comedy. And he's like weirdly depressing. What is it? They do the, I just can't wait to hear those six little words. And then she shouts to another customer. Mm. It's like, see you soon. Uh, Was it, see you later, come back soon. And he just deflates. 
Yeah. That that makes no sense to anybody. It, it's ext- it's extremely painful. It's and extremely then painful. play within a play. The cantina gets a system-wide flash from the Empire. <laughs> it does. Wee, wee, wee. It does. It's a system-wide flash inside of a system-wide flash. It's the same guy. That is amazing. Who then tells them that they're now under curfew. Well, you know what they say about Chekhov's system-wide flash. <laughs> uh, and B. Arthur, as a responsible publican, immediately goes round the greatest hive of scum and villainy that you will ever see yeah. and tries to convince them all to stop drinking and go home just because it could be nice eh? look I've been nice to you before you yeah. should go home so B. Arthur does what B. Arthur does she sing a torch song <laughs> to a beautifully slowed down yeah. and slightly re uh, re-quantized wow. version of the Cantina Band song which is presented as more wow. like a yeah wow. it is oh it's like it's like Chicago but just more one more lady. drink, my friend, and then we part, so my friend. So it's called Good Night, but not Goodbye. Oh. And it is very long. I mean, very, very long. And very, very bad. It is... It's so weird. I mean, don't be wrong, B. Arthur, not got a bad voice, but it's not like she's the greatest vocalist ever. But like I say, this is a programme that's meant to be getting kids to watch because they like Star Wars, and they're like, it's brilliant. I love a Broadway actress from 50, 30 years Especially when she's singing a slow, melancholy number about how I'm closing my bar down, maybe forever, and just gradually ushering her patrons out (laughs) into the dark. Uh, Oh, Christ, I'm To the fun song from Star Wars. To the fun song from Star Wars. Which, by the way, if we're going to quickly get into that, the type of music that is is called jizz. Jizz. That's actually, honestly, that's in-universe. That's a real thing. I just wanted to say jizz because it made me laugh. So anyway, now that's finished, Lumpy, meanwhile back in Kazook, <laughs> Lumpy puts his plan into motion and calls all the Imperials away, but one Stormtrooper remains. He doesn't buy it. Well, no, because the trouble is Lumpy's a bit... Lumpy is dumb. Sure, right, yeah. So firstly, yeah. Lumpy transmits the phrase, return to base, and then the guy downstairs says, quite audibly, uh, received and understood, let's go. And Lumpy doesn't do what he should have done, which is to stop transmitting. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, he just keeps mashing that button. He does. Return to base. Return to base. R- 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 return to base. So maybe that's it. Lumpy, origin story of DJ Shadow. I think it might be. <laughs> Except, yeah, anyway. So anyway. he loops it a few times. He plays it a bit loud. The Stormtrooper hears it. And the Stormtrooper goes upstairs. Yep. Finds the machine. Smashes it up real nice. And then chases Lumpy. Only, who, who runs outside... Only to discover... Oh, shit. Han and Chewie have arrived. They finally got the train from the north side of the planet. <laughs> they did. Han murders him in cold blood. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, he does fall. Wilhelm scream. Wilhelm ah! scream. So good. So good. And, and then, then they all go inside. No, wait. More importantly, because this brings me on to something very quickly. Lumpy jumps into the arms oh, yeah. of Han Solo. Not his dad. Han Solo. Because this holiday special is an exercise in Chewbacca being a deadbeat dad. He's just off swanning about with Han, leaving his family to deal with this the whole time. Just not at home. To the point where his son would rather hug Han Solo than Chewbacca, than his sidekick. He swung, swung off into the, into the universe to be a sidekick. Oh, no, no, I would take umbrage at that. Firstly, because, frankly, if, you know, it's your cool uncle and your dad, and they're both coming home. You've seen your dad. You grew up with him. 
know. Your cool uncle? I don't know. You've only seen him like two or three times when in the last few years. When they do go inside, Chewie and Marla move as if they're about to kiss, and then they don't, they just hug. Is this your... It's cold shoulder, mate. You, you think that... Is this a bit where you're going to tell me that you think that Chewie and Han might have been more than just co-pilots? No. Because no. we tried that bit on Friday and it died a death. So I'm not going to try that again this time. Okay. <laughs> so they go inside. They go inside. Except Han doesn't. Han disappears off the face of the earth for yeah. a bit. Because then the Wookiees go and get some orbs. Oh, God. Oh, I love no, this no. Before this, you get another system-wide flash. Wee, you do. Wee, wee. You do. Of course. Because yeah. it turns out that fairly quickly, the Empire quite organised. We're missing front. one. We're missing they're, one. They've realised they're missing a stormtrooper. Yeah. Who yeah, is yeah. basically now so much jam spackled armour <laughs> at the bottom of a tree. <laughs> and they've just left him. Whatever. Well, I'm we assuming. up in the tree. I'm assuming the local predators will deal with it. Sure. Sure. Well, the Wookiees are eating. I mean, the Wookiees are eight feet tall. Imagine the size of the mice. It's been established in Solo that Chewbacca has eaten actual people, so they'll probably just eat him. Um, so he's like, where's my stormtrooper? And, and Trader Dan, or Sawn Dan, says, oh, he robbed me and he ran off into the forest. You know stormtroopers. And the guy's like, oh, okay, cool. Peace. And that's right. it. <laughs> Do you know what, did you latch on to, and I don't know if this is intentional or not, the name of the stormtrooper? No. He is B4711. B4711. Before 711. I don't know if it means anything or not. <laughs> I really wish they were you hoping that I was going to go, aha! A little bit. <laughs> Before 7 11. What happened on the 11th of July? <gasps> it's a conspiracy. Or. This is the truth about the moon landings. <laughs> um, well, lots of things happened on the 11th of July, actually. Not all of them good. 7 11. Yeah, July. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was about but to say, almost. Aren't, isn't 7 11 like a whole chain in the it US? It is. It is. So, so maybe it's literally just like a 7 <laughs> 11. I don't know. That sounds about the quality of this. Honestly, at this point, you're reaching because you're mm. looking for some. Thing, anything. Because there's no, but one of the stormtroopers is stormtrooper something something one one three eight in Force Awakens, yeah. which is a reference to the THF one three eight and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, maybe maybe just want something, anything to to purchase onto. Ah, so anyway, yes, they go and they get their life day orbs out of um, the life day orb. A big cupboard. light subsumes all of them. They go for a walk in space and they rematerialize, I guess, by a big old tree, which is the life tree or the tree of life. I forget which. which. Yeah, absolutely um, not cultural appropriation There's loads there. of other Wookiees. Are you talking about Avatar? <laughs> no, oh, no about, you're talking I'm about Christianity. I'm talking about Gaia. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I went to Avatar. They're all wearing red robes, and that's because it was so expensive to have the Wookiee costumes made. It was cheaper to... If there were going to be loads of Wookiees in the shot... So they, they just, just make the heads and then put a robe so it's on So heads them. and shoulders, and then they got a robe on, and they're like, Heads, oh. shoulders, and red robes, and red robes. <laughs> but more importantly... They're not having to be put on O2 every 30 minutes. They are. Because they can just breathe naturally. And luckily for them, at this Wookiee celebration, there are three humans there. Specifically, Princess Leia, who gets to make a speech, which I'm going to read verbatim in a minute, and and then sing a song to the the tune of Star Wars. (laughs) It's amazing. She is swaying. And then at one point, just actively, it looks like she's hugging Peter Mayhew. And I think she is just holding on to the Chewbacca costume. I need a, a new purchase. The thing I, I do, need purchase. The thing I do like about it is that everybody's well aware if you watch uh, Carrie Fisher doing Leia, she has a head tilt. Yeah. And the head tilt in this is clearly just a lol. It's more of a nod, isn't it? It's like, just her head's just straight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just can't, I can't keep it. My next up, it's like the scene in Wolf of Wall Street when he tries to get down the stairs after he's taken the quaaludes. <laughs> 
So I do want to read the um, quote out because I quite like it. So um, at this Wookiee festival, um, a white woman turns up and gives a speech. And <laughs> this is bad. Why are they there, man? Anyway, she says, <clears throat> This holiday is yours, but we all share with you the hope that this day brings us closer to freedom and to harmony and to peace. No matter how different we appear, we're all the same in our struggle against the powers of evil and darkness. I hope that this day will always be a day of joy in which we can reconfirm our dedication and our courage, and more than anything else, our love for one another. This is the promise of the Tree of Life. That is kind of beautiful. It's quite nice. It is quite nice. I mean, I, I mean, listen, is it a little bit twee? Yeah, but it's quite nice, yeah. I would say that it hits a perfect blend yeah. of the Christmas message without actually being um, denominational. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Which is why it's the holiday special, I yeah. would assume. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I, I must admit, if it weren't for the fact that she is so obviously Gurning. off her tits, <laughs> this would have been a beautiful moment. If she didn't look like she was also, a cow chewing cud, it would be fine. If it wasn't for the fact that she then decides to break into song. Yeah, the song is... is is very special. I do. I do love it. I do love it. Oh. So that is the holiday special. Now we have got a little bit, little bits and pieces to get through. Oh, hang on. You're not done. Are we not done? Well, you've. There is actually an intercut where they cut to a massive amount of footage from uh, the first and film, and, and then Chewie remembers the whole of the first movie. Yeah. yeah. So literally, Chewie does this. Beginning hmm. with the time that he didn't get a medal, and the other two people did. <laughs> Just, hashtag justice to Chewie. Probably a bit late on that one. Yeah, it, it, yeah. So it cuts through an enormous amount of basically advertising for. Just in case you've sat through this whole thing, this two-hour-long variety show with adverts, and haven't seen Star Wars, this is kind of what happens here. Here is the <laughs> Cliff Notes version. How about in two years you watch Empire Strikes Back? Oh God! <laughs> it's insane. It is. It's so badly judged. So anyway, that is the holiday special. That is holiday special. And now we've got. Only probably another hour. No, it's fine. We haven't got much left. <laughs> so I've got a couple of bits I, I want to drop in, in no sure. particular order. Absolutely. Good talking points, all. Yeah. Uh, firstly, I do have in my notes, oh my God, the song, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, which I think we've covered quite nicely. <laughs> you always going to say which song, because yeah, you're not No, wrong. no, the song, <laughs> Leia's song yeah. is, oh. It is. It's wow. like when Margot Kidder sings in Superman. To the tune of Superman. Oh my yeah. god, do you think they... Aaron, when did Superman come out? Was that before or after this? I'll have to come back to you on that one, listeners. <laughs> Interesting. The two main takeaways, firstly... Indian and Chinese. Corman is amazing. I'm not, not right the bait. He is good. <laughs> he is really good. I had moved on, it's fine. He is really good. He is really, really good. He is not only the high point, he's the high point twice... In this yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. That um, that instructional video is weird enough to be funny and, like, weird enough to be potentially ahead of its time slightly. Yeah. Like, it could be, yeah, yeah, definitely, um, definitely. Secondly, are you aware of the tenuous link between the Star Wars Holiday Special and James Bond? <laughs> no, but go on. <laughs> they were both a bit weird in so the 70s. all <laughs> of the music in this special yeah is based on obviously the Star Wars theme uh, sure, yeah, Williams yeah. and all the rest of it yeah but 
they couldn't afford Williams, or he yeah. said no. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I'm not scoring a variety show. Are you mad? <laughs> you think I'm, I'm John hack? Williams. Do you think I'm a fucking hack? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they got uh, somebody who made a lot of money doing nothing but scoring variety shows and TV specials. Right. A chap called Ian Fraser. I was going to say, I thought it was Ian Fraser, yeah, yeah. Who had previously worked with a guy called Anthony Newley on his TV variety right. setup. Right, okay. Anthony Newley, famously, well, famously famous, to be honest, mm. massive male vocalist in, in the 70s, uh, right. 60s and 70s. Right. But famously, he had recorded one of the three options for Goldfinger. Oh, really? And lost out to Dame Shirley Bassey. Wow. Okay. Wow. So there you go. Yeah. That's my slinky link. I like it. I really um, like it. The other thing I would say is... Uh, That's great pub trivia, that is. It's not bad. That's great pub quiz trivia. The actress that plays Lumpy... Yes. ...is uh, an actress who uh, has dwarfism. Yep. Um, it's called Patty Maloney. Mm-hmm. You know, she's still alive. Wow. She's 83. Fucking hell. Wow. And I'm presuming still dining out on oh, the holiday yeah. special. Don't you know who I am? What if I did this... What if I just smiled at you in a creepy way? <laughs> yeah. What if I made you feel really uncomfortable? Oh, right, you were lumpy. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, thanks. But no, uh, that is good. That is good. That's, That's good. it. Those are my bits. You, we can crack on. Well, no, I just I, I, the next bit I really wanted to talk about um, was um, the reception, uh, but not of the audience by the people that were in it. So hang on. The, the reaction of the cast to being in it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. He doesn't. It won't take long. I could sum it up with the thesis statement of they all fucking hated it. To be honest, but anyway. So, um, so yeah. So George Lucas said uh, the special from 1978 really didn't have much to do with us. I can't remember what network it was on, but it was a thing that they did. I kind of let them do it. It was done by I can't even remember who the group uh, group was, but they were variety TV guys. We let them use the characters and stuff, and that probably wasn't the smartest thing to do. But you learn from your experiences. Patty Maloney, who, as you say, played Lumpy, said that he was sent dailies every single day that he signed off. I'm sorry. There is no way Lucas <laughs> was like, oh, yeah, George Lucas famously do laid the back. thing. <laughs> yeah, Especially just, about Star Wars. Yeah, just have a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you want footage from the, the movie that I yeah, made? Do whatever you like. I slaved over. Do whatever you like. Yeah, use whatever you want. So they, um, uh, apparently when Ken Burns made um, Empire of Dreams. Also, can we just take a minute? This is George Lucas. Fair enough. I'm presuming the interview was later. Sure. At the time, uh, but this is George Lucas throwing shade at people ruining something through application <laughs> of inappropriate musical numbers. Well, that was just about the money, wasn't it? And generally being That's, a bit tacky. That was about the money, wasn't it? And it was just about satisfying their own egos. That's what annoyed me, George Lucas. <laughs> but yeah, so Ken Burns, who made the Empire of Dreams documentary, which is amazing. If people haven't watched that, that is a recommendation, which we'll come back to later. Um, he was given access to the full original masters of this by George Lucas, but chose not to mention it. <laughs> yeah, sure. To who? To, during this, why it doesn't come up during the Empire of Dreams documentary about the history of Star Wars. It doesn't come up because Ken Burns decided not to. Yeah, sure you did, Ken Burns. <laughs> it definitely is discussion. So, Carrie Fisher... Uh, sorry, Mark Hamill admitted in 2018 that he's never actually watched all of it. To be honest... Why would you? I probably I, got to his bit and was like, yeah, no. I'm going to hold my hand up and say I think this for this podcast is the first time I'd watched all of it. It's the first time I've watched all of it in one go. 
I normally there's normally a point where you're just like, no, I'm done. Because I, I honestly put it on at the beginning of last week and was like, it's a variety show. It'll be an hour long. It's an hour and forty eight minutes. What the actual book? And like, there's what twelve minutes of singing in it. Uh, and then everything else yeah. is just and well, people no, looking around in a room. Twelve minutes of B Arthur, and then twelve other minutes. <laughs> yeah, and then just like people looking around in a room. It's a nightmare. Carrie Fisher, very. This is very famous. People will know this, but Carrie Fisher made uh, George Lucas give her an actual DVD copy from the master in exchange for doing commentary on the Star Wars DVDs when they were first released. And apparently, she would show it at parties at the end of night. At the end of the night, when she wanted people to leave. <laughs> You put it on and they go, oh, Jesus Christ, and leave. <laughs> so, no, no, it's time to go. No, no. It ain't, um, it ain't over until the gurning so Wookiee sings. So good. So good. That's some classic Gary Fisher. I love it. But that does mean that there is a DVD master out there. It does. It just, yeah, it just means Billy, what's the name? Billy Lord has got it now. Oh, well. Do we know Billy Lord? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just, sorry, that if was they had any raising sense. an eyebrow if works brilliantly on the podcast, doesn't it? They definitely release it. They should. In this time of ironic watching of things, they would make they a would, killing. They would make an. I'd buy the blue. If they did a remastered Blu-ray of it, I'd buy. Especially it. if. I mean, the question is. And if it had decent featurettes and documentaries about it and stuff, I would. If it was shot. Hell. If it was shot on 4.3 broadcast NTSC. Yeah. You got a bit of a problem. Sure. If they actually shot it on decent gear and there is like a widescreen version of it, would have been shot on TV tape, wouldn't it? It would have been. Yeah, I think it is. It's definitely 4.3. But yeah, anyway, anyway let's, let's not become those people joining us. Oh, God, have I got to lift music myself? So let's just very quickly... Yeah, you might actually do. So let's very briefly um, talk about availability and how it became a thing. So... How it became... I mean, I, I, I think I know how this works. So sure. obviously a load of people, it was the 70s, VHS not massively prevalent. Right. But there were enough people out there who could record on either VHS or yeah, Betamax. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there were copies made. Yeah. But never released. So in, it was until really the early 90s where it was kind of forgotten about and then people started trading it at conventions when the, when the really big conventions in the 90s started is when it really kind of picked up. But the thing is that just in terms of like not being that guy yeah. but from a technical perspective there were maybe a hundred copies in the world yeah. that were just taped at home. That's right, yeah. And quite possibly, given that if their taping was anything like the stuff that we used to do at home, they were taped on tape that had already been so over the heads one, four or five there's times. one specific one, and it's from a Detroit um, local... Um, so, you know, CBS, for example, or Fox or whatever in America, there's the channel, mm-hmm. and then there's the... In the 70s and 80s, certainly, there was local... Like the affiliates. The affiliates, so the local TV channels that hosted the shows from those oh, networks. and they would have got sent a copy yeah. of the tape. So there were like, there's like a particular one, and, and uh, it's like, I think it's a Detroit one, that is a best version. It's like SVHS so or whatever. So it's like this one guy who taped it off of that, that has got the best copy version. It's like the but Holy Grail. was copies is, of copies of copies. Yeah, exactly. And, and famously on VHS, when you copy a copy, real good quality. Well, it is famously. also, I mean, you and I were chatting about this. You were saying, oh, God, I can't believe... The quality of this is so bad. Mm. Um, I was like, well, firstly, when was the last time you watched something on VHS? It's 41 years old, and it's a copy of a copy of a copy of a God knows of a VHS. I mean, some of the bad it's a ones miracle that are exists. seven copies deep. Yeah, I mean, it's a miracle that exists, frankly. Check it's... your totem, bro. <laughs> yeah, indeed. My, my, uh, my ridiculous uh, uh, privilege as a 4K watcher of stuff. I just think yeah. that if you were to actually buy a video player... And plug it into a 4K TV, and then just run a tape like, over it. Could you? Yeah, 
Can you get an HDMI input to a no, there would have to, Hilariously, there would have to be more processing power in the signal conversion mm. than existed I'd, in the entirety I'd, of I'd the 1980s. Wonderful, a wonderf- I hosted a wonderful birthday party last year for somebody uh, who, where we, we were going to play loads of old classic consoles. So everybody brought all their classic consoles round and we couldn't plug them into my TV. So we had to use a Raspberry Pi. <laughs> Raspberry Pi. <laughs> well, you should have invited me. <laughs> the NES doesn't plug into my television, unsurprisingly. It plugs into mine. And even if it did, Duck Hunt still not going to work because no. it's not the same type of TV. <laughs> anyway. What? Hang on a minute. There are no scan lines? No, I believe that is something we talked about in the last episode as well. Oh, maybe. About how Duck Hunt works. But anyway, anyway, so go on. So, so um, understand, un- un- unsurprisingly, when Napster became a thing and LimeWire became, when the internet became a proper thing, um, proliferated slightly more. That's when it really got shared. And that's certainly when like the likes of you and I would have gotten to see it, I guess. So we never got our hands on the original VHSs, no. I don't think, you know. Um, I remember so, yeah, watching so. it at uni, but I don't think we downloaded it. I think that was actually a guy who knew a guy who knew a guy. Oh, really? So it was like who lent him the VHS. Oh, on, wow. Provided we gave it back. Yeah, yeah, sure. And it had one of those, uh, like, dino labels on it. Yeah. Like, proper punch yeah, through yeah, and yeah. property of... Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I kind of miss that. You know I love physical media. Nope. No, you don't nope. at all, do you? That's, yeah, well, we're not, we're not having the physical media conversation, are we? Very quickly, let's talk about the awards here one. None at all. Um, really? So now we're on to our reviews. It hasn't even got a Razzie. <laughs> it hasn't even got a Razzie. Well, it's not a film. Let's review this. What do you think? It's got to be out of five. It's got to be out of five bantha loins. Do they have five? Oh no, it's got to be out of five Wookie Yookies. Oh, Wookie Yookies. Which should just be called cookies. Because you don't call them human cookies. Although no, do you call them dog biscuits. Like See? Yeah, okay, you know. Although, does that not put the Wookies in a certain space? Anyway, our reviews. Five Wookie Yookies available. I can't in good conscience give it more than one. Okay. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to back that up with anything, you're just going to leave it there. <laughs> no, I was One. waiting for a dramatic pause, but thanks oh, okay. for filling it. Sorry. Let's take, uh, let's take it again. One. <laughs> and here's why. <laughs> oh, that was better. You were right. That was better. I'm you sorry. Yeah, right, I've got a thing. It had the opportunity to be brilliant, it had the opportunity to be utterly awful. And somehow it manages to land in the middle. Right, okay. It is bad, Mm. but it's bad in ways that are irritating and not comedic. Sure, sure. The pacing is shocking. The pacing is really bad. The fact that they, I mean, it's, it's worse than The Last Jedi from a pacing perspective. The fact that they constantly jump from meaningless set to meaningless set with no continuity but there are bits of it that are just good enough that you feel like it might make it yeah and yet it never does and when you start to feel like some goodwill towards it then it goes on for another 10 minutes and you're like oh no you've worn out your welcome again weird vignette yeah absolutely so 1.5 possibly 1.25 this is bad television it is really bad it is Bad television in the context of television. It is <laughs> very bad Star Wars yeah. in the context of the entirety of Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, that's the thing, though, isn't it? How do you rate it out of television it's, or out of Star Wars? I mean, it's yeah. just bad. I think I would agree. One and a half, maybe two, if I'm feeling generous. Maybe at the end of this pint, I might bump it up to a two. But only because I'll be like, yeah, but no, Star Wars, no. That's in the same way but, that yeah. you know, your racist uncle doesn't seem quite so bad after you've had a few <laughs> yeah, drinks exactly. with him. Christmas Day, you can put up with your nan, even though she spent the whole day yelling at your Polish wife about Brexit. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. You still love her. Seems like a bit on the nose, to be honest. But that, it's not just, just me, then, is it? Is it? <laughs> I don't have a nan anymore. Oh, well, so. there, okay. oh I'm sorry. Why? Anyway, it happens. Let's move away from that. Yeah. Grandparents? But no, I say I would say one and a half. Um, it has charm just because of what it is. It's such a singular thing that I kind of liked it. Like I've never seen anything like it. There's nothing else like it. No. Definitely. It is very much unique um, in and of itself. You're right. It is worse than the Last Jedi because the Last Jedi is the second best Star Wars film and third best. And um, yeah, I. I was won over by it. At Remind times. me, which one's the second best Star Wars film? Empire and Jedi, interchangeable, then Last Jedi. Okay. No. Then Rogue One. Anyway, no, we're, again, we're not having the same argument we had two years ago. <laughs> it's not really an argument. It's no, it, no, it's not, no. Not, an argument would suggest that you could change the other person's mind. It's just shouting. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I would say one and a half. One and a half panther panther loins. Um, or having said yokies. that, or wookie yokies. Shit, I'm going back and forth. Uh, but having said that, I'm definitely watching it every Christmas from now. See, I'm not. No, never no. going to go back. No, I'm happy that I had to rewatch it. I am equally happy to not never watch, watch it, it again <laughs> for another decade. Sure, yeah, yeah. Do we do like a revisit of all of our? most popular episodes to be honest I'm waiting if they do do the release where you get like the full studio quality and what have you yeah. I will re-watch that if only because everything will look so much worse yeah the thing I would recommend is um, the Riff Tracks version of it that you can get online you can download a commentary and it's a load of improvising comedians uh, doing a commentary to this as it goes along nice um it's it's like hilarious. it's like this podcast, but uh, well put together and hilarious. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's uh, let's talk about other people's reviews. How are we going to do this? Because it's not on Amazon. So Indeed. sorry, Jingle Guy. Sorry, Jingle you Guy. You get you get a month off. So I, the only place I could find were IMDb, but they are very wordy, very wordy. Really? Yes. Film nerds yeah. got up. Writing a great length about, about this, yeah, indeed. Um, so I went for Rotten Tomatoes, as you know, my favourite. These are a bit of a mix. There are lots of, like I say, there's lots of like silly, silly shit of like people presumably taking their out time out from their schedule of getting laid all the time to write a po- protest review on Star Wars. Minute, they I know how they sound when they come. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're just bitter. They didn't get, don't get any, uh, don't get any royalties. Anyway, so. Um, I've got two which are pretty summing up what we think. Well, go on then. So, Damon C, December 2015. Campy but fun. This holiday special may be awkward, but it's got charm to it. I don't think that means five stars. Oh, just say where? I think that's true. I think there is charm. Show me the charm. No. I think there's charm. There is charm. Lumpy putting the banter to bed and he's been all that kind of stuff. Uh, The... um, like the awkwardness of like I, li- I like the awkwardness of all the little vignettes of like this will be really good it will be like those variety shows from the 50s that we all loved 
that we're now demonstrating for nine-year-olds in the 70s. I, I, I do think it has got a weird charm to it. Anyway, uh, Riley K, February 2018. Instant holiday classic for any Star Wars fan. At first, I was like everyone who has seen this garbage TV special, cringing at every moment of it, except for the Fett cartoon, and questioning why I'm even a fan of the franchise. Since then, however, I've seen it four times because it's become a tradition around the holidays. Once you see past the cringy dialogue and special effects, you can see all the hard work that was put in and how it fits into the best movie franchise of all time. And he was doing so well. <laughs> or oh, she was doing so well. They were doing so well. Damn it, she's got a point. <laughs> Once you see past the cringy dialogue and the special effects, you're what, just staring into blackness? That's what you are, I mean... <laughs> Why don't you stop looking the, at the bad performances? The unending vacuum <laughs> that is what's left when you take the why Star Wars the holiday special out of the world. The bad performances, everyone's high, it was made by people who haven't seen Star Wars. Why don't you look past that? You know, you're definitely awake and looking at something. The ads are good. Five stars. <laughs> and this one, just because it made me laugh. own a TV. Gabriel C., December 2018. This is wonderful movie about how many people have fun at Christmas and hands. Oh, my wow. Speaking of, why are Korean soloists and Luke Skywalker in front of others? Why is it like Leia? She is his sister. Thank you. <laughs> he didn't say thank you. Wise words. So good. Wise Korean words. Korean soloists. Do you think that's Han Solo and it's been translated by something? So I think this is written in another language. Maybe. And whatever it is, is Han Solo has been, <laughs> it's been translated into Korean soloists. I was devastated when they killed Korean soloists in, in Force Awakens. <laughs> oh, when that Korean soloist fell off that bridge. Oh. <laughs> That's all right, because you know he was full of quaaludes, right? <laughs> you couldn't feel it. It was fine. And those are our reviews. And this has been We're Drunk and We Know Things, wrapping 2019. I'd, I'd love to say strong. Uh, not really. We haven't uh, got not any more to do this year, We've got another we? episode. <laughs> is it, have uh. we? No, we don't. No, this is the last one of the year. Anyway. We've just done so many so close to each other recently that I don't know what's happening and anymore. Backwards, forwards, frontwards. Is this coming out in 2020? or? <laughs> Honestly, I don't know when is this Christmas? is coming out. Is it Christmas? I don't know. We'll see you in two weeks' time. For, I mean, if this didn't really get those festive nerve endings tingling, yeah. then what we have coming up definitely will. Oh, we definitely should. We are exploring the wonderful world of Santa Claus. You talking about Santa Claus? Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. <laughs> I love you, Santa Claus. Okay. Come in my shoe. We celebrate a day of peace, a day of harmony. Feels like Christmas. It does feel like Christmas. They're playing Christmas music in here. 
No, they're not. They turned it off. They're, no, they're now playing the Formula One. Uh, that most Christmassy of... Of course. How do you think the three wise men got to the stable? Formula One cars. <laughs> Listen, if that was true, we'd go to church more, let's be real. <laughs> Maybe it's time for to reimagine Three it wise men bit. played by Vin Diesel, a CGI Paul Walker, and a CGI... Grandmoff. Grandmoff. Grand <laughs> a CGI Peter Cushing. <laughs> but so we can get The Rock in there. Oh, The Rock is Joseph. And the face of Jesus. <laughs> Who are we casting for Mary, though? Ronda Rousey? Oh, I don't know. Gina Corona. It's got, I feel like it's got to be an ex UFC fighter for some reason. <laughs> no, you've got to go more dowdy. Or like Bridget Nielsen. Bridget Nielsen could no, put it up. But Bridget Nielsen now. Yeah. <laughs> Not like making in her, the last, 70s. her last comeback. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Also, Bridget, quite a lot older than Joseph. Jesus clearly going to be played by Jason Tremblay, let's be real. Gabriel? Archangel Gabriel, good question. Tilda Swinton. She was so good in Constantine as Gabriel. No, I was going to go for it's like comedian. Has to do a, a little cameo. Seth Rogen. <laughs> Seth Rogen as Gabriel. <laughs> Seth Rogen as Gabriel. Arguably, um, this is the best part of the podcast. The Shepherds, of course, just uh, pick whoever the hell you want from SNL. Yeah, it will, it will literally be whoever is. Yeah, so it'll yeah. be Pete Davidson, Ariana Grande, which would be awkward. So join us next month <laughs> for We're Drunk and We Know Things, the holiday special, <laughs> Christmas, but this time it's funny. I know you're joking, but I kind of want to do that. <laughs> if we could, Mike, we wouldn't be sad here now. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, yeah.